When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Hey guys, welcome to PPG Paints Arena. He's Danny Shirey. I'm Dan Kovacevic. We're from DK Pittsburgh Sports. And yeah, why why would you watch this? What, do you want to hear more about that game? Uh, you know, it's funny. My father, who's been going to the Penguins game since the 70s, he was here tonight. He sent me a text after the second period and goes, I don't think I've ever left a Penguins game early, but I'm leaving early right now. Did he really? Was he up in Section 210 by chance? No, he was in 205. He was close. So he, so was he was close. <laughs> those of you who don't know what that reference is, Section 210 apparently is the best of my ability to reach out to social media and ask uh, for a survey, really, where the Fire Ron Hextall chance started, just so that we have it historically accurate. Uh, Section 210 is right up there. It, to my eyes and ears, it looked like there was a row of dudes and if you're part of the row of dudes and you're watching this, feel free to identify yourself. Uh, it was heard. And then it ended up carrying through the building. And then the bullhorn started in the third period. Try, you know, the, the typical let's right. go pens. And the, that was hijacked. Yeah, the, I, I was surprised Fire to, to see it persist. It, it happened a second time. And then um, I believe it happened again after Connor McDavid scored a penalty shot goal to make it, what, 7-1 to one at that time? Yeah. Um, before Chris Letang scored his second of two goals on the evening. And then it happened again. And 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 Hexall was up, was here tonight. He was up there in the press box. Um, it's a little interesting. He's, most of the time he seems to be attached at the hip with Brian Burke. But after the game, Brian Burke was going down – um, to the event level by himself. So that was a little bit interesting and something that I haven't, can't say I've seen a whole lot. Yeah, left the building by himself too. Um, I, and uh, Danny and I both were in the room asking questions, okay? And the answers never change, okay? The circumstance has most certainly changed, but the answers don't. I, I got to the point tonight where I was just going point blank with everybody. And here's... Here's I'm asking Chris Letang. Do you need different people? Do you need different players? Tanger, does this team need a change? Change of personnel? You've been around long enough to be able to answer that. I, I, I don't really care about that. I care about the guys that are in the room with me. And, uh, you know, if somebody is down, we have to pick him up. And, um, you know, we just have each other. So we have to push each other to be better. And, um, you know, um, I think it starts with, with me and, and the big boys. 
it almost feels as if these guys would rather lose so long as they can be together. And it's, uh, it's, it's Jonestown. It's, it's very bizarre. And I, I've been trying to like get, get a feel for this all season because I, I, I do truly believe there is something to be said for tight knit groups and especially ones <laughs> with, with these, the guys that are in this locker room, but okay. it's, it's almost to a point of, of complacency. Is it not? Oh, I think we passed complacency about a month ago, Danny. These guys, when you're talking about, and Sidney Crosby, by the way, was no different on this, except he actually said even less. He was just, I'm not talking about stuff like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm not going to talk about that, okay? But that's all there is to talk about. Half of your forward group right now, being generous, okay, is deficient, is not of an NHL caliber. This is not something of which Sid and Tanger and Gino and everybody else, it's not like they're not aware of this. It's not like Mike Sullivan's not aware of it. It's not like Ryan Burke's not aware of it. I I wouldn't doubt that Hextall's unaware of it at this point, you know? Yeah, it, it's it's very bizarre, too, but I, I, I just think that goes back to, like, these guys are so tight-knit, they'd rather... I'm not saying that uh, that they're under the impression that this team and this group's going to be together forever until they all ride off. But at the same time, there's there's nothing they're giving us. I mean, I don't know what they're expecting after a game for us to walk in there and ask us to to have them break down yeah, Connor McDavid's power goal play. Goal yeah, like just, there aren't hockey questions to be asked at this point. No. Uh, Mike asks, do you get the sense that the core is now frustrated by the lack of moves to help support them? No. And I, 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 I feel like by the time they get to their cars in their garage over there, they're probably thinking about it. Okay. But when they're in this room, I'm telling you, it's Jonestown. I, I've not seen nor covered anything like this in any sport. And, and to your point, there's been a few times throughout the season, um, maybe not reaching rock bottom points like this game. Tonight. This is rock bottom. But there have been other games uh, throughout the season where they turned in a stinker maybe after a bad stretch already and talked about how they were going to turn things around and then they didn't do it. Then you show back up out in Cranberry at the practice facility and, you know, nobody's expecting them to go out there and mope or be pouty. Mm-hmm. But it's always just kind of status Everything's quo. okay. It's just they're kind of – Practices. It, it's, it's, yeah, it's practice. Yeah, and that's how it'll be tomorrow too in Cranberry. Everything will be, hey, hey. Everybody, look, here comes Teddy. Yeah, Teddy, who has one goal all year long, but we love him. Right. You know, here's Brock McGinn, who hasn't hasn't even put up a point since Christmas. I don't think he had a shot on goal tonight. I mean, part of that is – I'm checking. That, <laughs> part of that is just how close these guys are, as well as the confidence that they have. But at the same time, I mean, after something like this, like you would think they would show up to the practice rink like with like men on on a mission, right? There's but nothing I, of the kind. The, you you don't see it. It's no energy, no fire, no life. No, nothing, nothing at all here. Uh, Tony says, "I like the question you asked Sully. His answer was a joke. Let's play that for everybody here so that they know what I'm talking about." Uh, in reference to that, this was I started off the press conference with this. Michael, you've been very patient with a lineup that hasn't done a lot of winning lately. Why have you been that patient? And might you be running out of that patience at this point? Well, our roster is our roster. Right. So we have what we have. And we're trying to put the best combinations on the ice that we think give us the best chance to win. And that's what uh, that's the criteria that I've always utilized with our coach and staff. We ask that question every day. We drill down into details. And... Uh, 
and we put the, the lineup on the ice that we think gives us the best chance to win. Now, see, Tony didn't like Sully's answer there. I actually kind of did. The first part. The part that he first thought of? Yeah. When he says, hey, what were the exact words? Our roster is our, our roster? Our, our roster is our roster. We have what we have. We have what we have. Does that sound to you like some kind of ringing endorsement of the GM? No, it doesn't. But no. Then, but then, of course, he spends the next you know minute and change going on and kind of walking it back. It took him that. a while, and he went back, and he came like this, and eventually came back to it's up. You know, it, the answers are in that room, and they're not. They're some of them are, okay, but some of them most definitely aren't. I mean, I I, I talked to Jason Zucker after practice yesterday. Mm-hmm. That guy is convinced that the team they have right now yeah. is a is like a contender it's and and i'm sure that that's a similarly shared sentiment across the locker room from a lot of those guys like they they legitimately believe that it's it's you know these tiny things or or these lapses over 15 minutes but as i've i've written and discussed time and time again if these penguins continue to try and show you who they are Mm -hmm. let them yeah this doesn't need a whole lot of overthinking here like it seems like a lot of the players are doing whatever it may be galaxy braining this this isn't a good hockey team right no, there's not much. There's not much dissection to be had here. Um, again, by the way, not only had no shots tonight, had no shot attempts. Keep playing them. Keep playing them. That's good. That's good. Joel says, "Do you interpret Sully saying our roster is our roster, so we have what we have as a subtle shot at the way the roster is built via Hexel?" Okay, I'll, I'll turn it back on you, Joel. How else to interpret it? Give me the alternate I- interpretation of that, other than the one that you just had there. That, that's about as close as you'll get to him coming out and actually saying something. Cause he's, he's never been the kind of coach to throw a player under the bus or a coach or, or his front office or anything like that. So that, that is about as far as you're going to see him go. No, uh, Josh Smith asks, does Fenway care about the penguins at all? I mean, they did come here for Gino's thousandth point. So I think that kind of filled the quota. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're at least they know where Pittsburgh is on a map. Well, they know where Pittsburgh is on a map, but they're kind of just fitting in with the the overall culture of the team, right? Just kind of laissez-faire. Everything's just fine. Uh, Brian says, irresponsible. We can talk till we're blue in the face about who's not playing well. The real problem is that this team is playing irresponsibly, not how a vet team plays. And Brian, you're kind of you're kind of living in the moment there, my man. With all due respect, um, this game is a symptom, not a cause. Yeah, I mean, I started thinking about it, especially about halfway through the game when the when the deficit was four or five goals. And I knew for a fact that the Penguins were going to start playing differently to try and generate chances for themselves to claw back into the Mm -hmm. game. Well, when you start doing that, of course, you're going to give up a million odd man rushes going the other way. So when I'm sitting here seeing people, oh, how many odd man? Look, these guys are is no matter what they say, they are not ignorant to what is happening here. And that is affecting the way they're playing, right? Whether mm-hmm. it, right, I, right. I feel that goes across all boards, whether it's how you're breaking the puck out of the zone, whether you're going to fly the zone a little early to try and cheat up ice, the kind of routes you're going to take as you're entering the offensive zone, and even where you're parking yourself around the offensive zone. A guy like Brock McGinn, who we, what is it? We're, we're at 24 points now. It's 24, but or, who's or counting? 24 games without a point. Yeah. I, I didn't like. When, when you get into ruts like that, what do guys say when, when they get out of it? I just went to the net and finally one hit me off my butt. Or he doesn't I, go anywhere I, near I it. One in. I, he, you, he, you mentioned it. He had a really nice block on the penalty kill. First, Edmondson's first penalty uh, – Edmondson's first power play 
which now seems like 100 years ago. Right. Uh, but the kill was really solid by everybody involved. Quick clears, everything. And McGinn had a good block. And you know what? Just to show that I'm not like out to get him or something like that, I actually put it out there on social media. I said, that's a quality block there by McGinn. And then you didn't notice him Didn't notice that game. he existed the rest of the night. The security guys at PPG Paints Arena have to ask him for his ID on the way in. I just made that up, but you believed it for a second, didn't you? Eric says, I've been watching hockey since 87. I'm left speechless by this franchise for the first time ever. There's no direction, accountability, et cetera. Just the whole thing. Wow, no. Eric, you will enjoy tomorrow's column. <laughs> yeah, I, I, And Friday Insider, by the way, which you have to read, because there's stuff in there about ownership and management. I, I know we touched on it already, but it's just a very like weird and bizarre feeling almost. It's you're like kind of in this in-between space where like I keep repeating these, they're not ignorant to what's going on here yet. They're, they're so infatuated with the group they have. They're so in love with the group that they have. Mm -hmm. The change is either too tough or they're just unwilling to do it. Michael says there has to be change. No way they can continue doing nothing and losing. Sid is clearly not a happy camper. You know what? Right before we pressed the go, go live button here. What did I ask you? I don't know. Too much, Cran is, too much is happening. There. Cranberry. What's going to happen tomorrow oh, yeah, at Cranberry? Yeah, yeah. Okay. They have a practice tomorrow. <laughs> Tell them what's going to happen tomorrow at Cranberry. Um, the same thing that's happened after every single one of these losses yep. or every single tough stretch. They go out there. Happy. Um, and, and joking it, around. Right. And, and, again, nobody's expecting them to go out there and mope or pout or go lay, lay down. Mike Sullivan even mentions we're – Nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Right. Right. But maybe they should turn that into some internal fire or, or something here. Cause you, you go to the rink and they're out there and I'm not saying guy like these guys get to play a sport for a living. Right. And they make a crap ton of money doing it. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm well aware of that. But if you, if you, if we go out to Cranberry tomorrow and, and we see the same things, the same guys just kind of laughing, goofing around. You go in the locker room. We believe in this group. The mm -hmm. answers are in here. We've just got to put together a full 60 minutes. How many times have we heard all those things this year? It's it's uh, We've heard it, and we heard it again tonight after the game, and we're going to hear it again tomorrow at practice. It's going to happen after the St. Louis game. It's going to happen after the Sunday game. This is just – this is Jonestown. This might even be the headline. I'm not above that or below that. Which would it be? Jay says, any chance they fire Hextall before the trade deadline? No. No, they're not firing him. Well, here, here's the problem. They've they, Hextall has waited so long to do anything, and if upper management above Hextall had any, any thought of doing so, they would have done it by now because they're not going to fire him and then hire a new GM or place an interim GM to navigate – what's probably the most challenging trade deadline that we've seen in the Crosby era. Yeah, that's something else to remember, by the way, where a GM is concerned, the GM is the one that does a lot of the groundwork in advance of a trade, okay? So if you fire a GM right before a trade deadline, it's akin to firing the scouting director right before the draft, okay? They've done a year's worth of work, especially the scouting director. You wouldn't do that in a million years, okay? And it's all aimed at one day, okay? Now, that's not really the GM, but it's it's still the GM's biggest day. And I just don't think you're going to see anything like that happen. I actually don't think you're going to see anything like that happen 
regardless. Ryan says, when DK hasn't mentioned Dumo in a few weeks, you know it's bad. You know, Dumo had – He sucked tonight. He was bad. I, he, I, I'm sorry. How like, about I, that two-on-one? I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not even goal. trying to be mean, and I, I get that this, this roster is littered with problems, and it's not even Dumoulin's fault that he's being cast as a top Everybody likes Dumo. Everybody uh, believe, believes in – I'm sorry, I should say respects what his achievements have been, what he has meant to this organization. I, well, here, here, here's my on. thing. Going back to the two-on-one that you brought up. Yeah. Ryan Dumoulin has never been an offensive defenseman, right? But no, he, he could at, at least get by by moving the puck out of his zone mm-hmm. and, and putting pucks on. He used to be able to skate. Yeah, and yeah. he used to be able to activate in the offensive zone coming down the wall. I, re, I even remember as recently as a season or two ago, he, he activated down the wall in the offensive zone and kind of sniped one over a goalie's shoulder from the circle. Mm-hmm. Well, now he's putting muffins on that. But regardless, he, he could be the worst offensive defenseman in the league and it wouldn't matter because the Penguins still have him around for what he can bring defensively. But when you're defending a two-on-one and you fail, you you either guy. You paralyze yourself to either guy to not only take either guy. To not only take the pass away, but you don't take the shot away. It's like well on top of that, Danny, here, this is these are Dumo's legs here. The last thing you want to do is offer the passer the Fort Pitt tunnel through which to get the pass. You would at least angle yourself, or you would do this, which he actually does a lot, where you just go full vertical, full horizontal. You go, you go the full-blown Marcus Pedersen and get down on the on the ice. He did neither. It looked lazy. Well, yeah, that puck goes through, and everyone goes, "I should have stopped that." Jari should have stopped that one. Right, and again, I, I get two-on-one unfavorable situation, but if 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 you're gonna look that bad in those kinds of situations, what are you being kept around for? What are you in such a such an elevated role for that and that you know we we talk so much about the third line i'm i'm convinced that dumoulin is not a top pairing defender on a on a legitimate contender and while he has been playing better as i've said who knows how many times now he set such a low bar for himself earlier in the season that the fact when he's not having these glaring screw-ups, it's like, oh, okay, like he's been fine. He's not been fine. The no, Penguins are getting outscored he, yeah. to a significant degree with him on the ice of five-on-five. And you're holding Chris Letang back, too. Well, that's the other thing, too. Okay. And Letang isn't what he once was either. I, I don't think – But he showed – again, I mean, he's still – You know, well, it, That's exactly my point. So if you've got – that's if you've got Dumal in there, how is he supposed to flourish? Uh, Dumo is flopping all over the ice, Chris says – uh, Lenny's, it's every night. Yeah, Lenny says, if anything, we'll see changes in the offseason. They're clearly hell-bent on deploying the same lineup each and every night. Sully has his post-game response memorized by now. Uh, no, Lenny, you might want to check out tonight's. It was not anything that was memorized, rehearsed, or, or even uh, reiterated at that point here. This is the best one. Sean says it's barely a flesh wound. That's so good. That's so good and, and just so accurate here. Uh, miss you, Dad. I guess is a reference to Matt Collin. Matt Collin wouldn't. This, what you would what you would need here is HBK. Okay, Matt Collin and Eric Fair could come in after that, but you need HBK. What, what's sad is that 2016 Eric Fair would probably be one of the better oh, players in oh, this yeah. bottom six. Oh yeah, and he and he would definitely make a difference here. Uh, Ron says, I don't think a trade is going to matter. As Chuck Knoll said about Sidney Thornton in the past, they have problems and they are many. It was not at all a reference to Sidney Thornton. Everyone gets their Chuck Knoll quotes 
messed up. I hate that. Like, first of all, we quote Chuck Knoll around here like he was bleeping Socrates, okay? I do it myself. It's a weird quirk that we have in this city. But when you're going to do it, at least do it right. Uh, RLJ says, would it be crazy to sell? They're not selling it. You can't sell when you have Sidney Crosby. And unless you do, I don't know, can you do something like what the Capitals just did? No, and I, no, no, no. Think about it. It was just Orlov and Garnett Hathaway. What do you mean? It's just Orlov. Orlov. I Orlov, love Orlov. Yeah, Orlov's been a. Oh, 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 we're hitting the film room after this, going through Dmitry Orlov tape. I'm not sitting in an Orlov film room. All right. Anything. Well, regardless, Orlov is a is a good top pairing guy. He's not what he was a few years ago, but I I like Orlov's game a lot. But why would the Penguins do that? There's you still got Sidney Crosby is is one just of the a couple top- guys. Get some young players back. Send the rentals out to somebody else who could use them. Think about it. But he, but what I'm getting at. Oh, I stopped you there. But send the rentals out to somebody who could use them. Get a young player and a draft pick back. So you're you're you feel confident that Sidney Crosby is going to be able to repeat what he's doing this season? You think he's going to be able to repeat uh, come it next on, season? Man, we don't get into the habit of doubting Sidney Crosby. Uh, it's just reality here. He's going to be 36 years old. Malk going to be 37. You think he's going to be at a point per game again? Which know. means that they're going to need it's even asking more. A lot. They're uh, going to need even more from the bottom of the It's asking line. a lot. We're kind of running out of time here tonight. But I see Clint's got a question here that's just fantastic. And boy, are we equipped with this answer. Are Burke and Hextall truly joined at the hip? Or do you sense that Burke can't take it anymore? First, Danny's elevator ride. Uh, yeah, so I, I brought this up a little earlier in the show. If you missed it, um, Hextall and Burke, as the comment portrays, Hextall and Burke, they're always walking together. They, they quite literally seem attached at the hip. Uh, after games, they typically ride the elevator down together. Um, I went down with about three, four minutes left in regulation to get down to the media room and kind of finalize some things we need to do before locker room access. I'm standing in the elevator. Burke walks in there. And now the, the front office guys, they typically wait until the last second until the game is over to head down. Berkey came down with several minutes left, and he was by himself. And what color was he? Oh, I, I believe I told you that his face was red as an apple. Now, so later, maybe that was accurate at the time, but later as we're, he and I are coming up here to film, we walked past Berkey again, and I gave him the standard, hey, good night, Berkey, drive safely, whatever. And he turns my way. And red had given way to purple. This was purple. Oh, and by the way, he was still, he was still walking alone. So, yeah. Well, Jimmy's got the last word tonight. If they lose all the games before the deadline, why not sell? You know what, Jimmy? You got us there, man. You can sell pretty much everybody you if know, that it, happens. It's funny. I got a, I got a question probably about a month and a half ago. It said, and this was before everyone wanted the Penguins to become sellers at the deadline, right? But I, he said, is there any scenario in which the Penguins do become sellers? And I told him, no, unless they lose virtually every game up until the trade deadline. Well, we're, we're trending in that direction at least. Yeah, no question. Thanks, guys, for watching. No idea why you did. Glad you did. Grateful for it. Uh, we'll do another one of these this weekend after Sunday's game, and we can discuss – the glorious performance of the Jeff Carter, Brock McGinn, and Kasperi Kapanen line again.